The advice and opinions expressed by the host of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. The Center for Autism and Related Disorders advises working with a board-certified behavior analyst who has experience with autism before starting any intensive behavioral intervention. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. So thrilled to be here with my bud, and uh, it's this is the last day of April 2021. I don't know where the time has gone. It feels like it flew by, but we've got this amazing show to sort of round out this uh, amazing month. Uh, it's all been a little bit weird, a little bit different than how we normally do autism month. Uh, and I always say, it's like, whatever A word you want, some people are commemorating Autism Awareness Month. Some people are commemorating the first ever Autism Acceptance Month. Right. We have other friends who say it's Autism Action Month. Right. Um, so there's all kinds of A words uh, that I absolutely love uh, that we've been commemorating this month. Whatever whatever A word suits you, we want to... Yep. Uh, uh, acknowledge that, but we've got a great, great guest today, a favorite yes, of both do. of ours. I'm very excited. We have Kamina Starr. She's an energy healer and autism parent and mentor, and she's going to talk to us about all that. Um, I've met Kamina before and had some I have work done. I think, I, as I recall, she did some energy work on me. Well, she's really wonderful. She's got a new book that's going to be coming out in April of next year. We're going to talk to her about that. She's also, I think, one of those parents that I always talk about following other people's snowshoes in the snowshoe prints right. in the snow. And I think that Kamina is one of those parents that has left lots of footprints for, for those of us uh, who are interested to follow. Uh, she's really amazing. And she's doing a lot about self-care right now for caregivers, which I absolutely love. So we're going to talk to her about all of that and get an update from her about how her daughter is doing. So uh, that's going to be really exciting in a little while. We want to start out by reminding everybody that this show is live and that we are taking your questions and comments live. We're live right now on Facebook, on YouTube, Twitter, and on our homepage, autism-live.com. Now, later on, this entire broadcast will be available as a free download wherever you get your podcasts. And we're very proud that right now we have been rated the number one autism podcast worldwide. Which is uh, it only, it only took us 10 years. It's so exciting now. <laughs> it's really lovely. And let's be honest, it's all thanks to those of you who are watching. That is why. So please 
you don't have a marketing budget. Uh, you, you won't see ads for Autism Live. Please do us a favor. And if you find something that you like here, share it with people that you know. Um, you can review us, you can like us, you can you know follow us, all the different things on all the different sites. It's all working so that we get to a larger audience because our mission here is always to provide information and inspiration. And we yes, thank yes. you for making it possible for us to do that. And on Fridays, when we do Let's Talk Autism, good morning to Amanda, good morning to Beninson, uh, ben maybe, uh, and to Christina, we're saying uh, good morning. Good morning. But we always like to start Let's Talk Autism with Shannon and Nancy with some news stories. And I gotta be honest that it's been a little bit different this April. Normally we're inundated with news stories. Um, Al Carrie Mallory Thompson is with us. Thank you so much for being Thank here. Thank you, Carrie. Uh, she said we rock. All right. Uh, she rocks, my she goodness. Rocks, Sending sure. her a hug. Um, but uh, there were, I think the news stories have been a little sparse this Thank month. And I don't compare to normal. I agree with you, Shannon. We haven't really had that much new in the news. But here's the interesting thing. I think we have more news in the other months than we used to, a little less in April. And there's some big news that's getting ready to come out. And we're going to be doing some shows about it in the future because our understanding is that some new prevalence numbers are going to be coming out and that people were expecting people to be very shocked by the new prevalence numbers because here's the Reader's Digest asterisk is they change the criteria for how they're judging it. I don't know the whole thing. We're going to have some doctors and really intelligent people here to explain it to you in the coming weeks. But just know when you see the new prevalence numbers that it's a different measuring tool. So, so they're going to tell you that they're comparing you know, this number to last year's number, but they're comparing apples to oranges. So we all need to get very, very aware of that. And that's going to be coming up uh, sometime soon. So, uh, should we get started with our news stories today? Yes, Nancy? let's get started. Okay, so uh, should we do the TikTok one first? The TikTok one is great, yeah. Tick okay. Are you a TikTok fan, Shannon? You know what? I I wouldn't say that I'm a fan. I had to explain to somebody this morning that I'm Insta illiter illiterate and I'm a, even more with TikTok. We did a TikTok video. Uh, I don't even know that we promoted it. Uh, but we did a TikTok video of me doing my dance that we showed a couple of weeks ago. Um, but I, I've spent very little time on TikTok. And I will be honest with you, I was going to spend some more time on it. But uh, a couple of things took me away from it. And one was that there were a whole bunch of things that, that were on there that were anti-autism. Uh -huh. and, and individuals with autism. And I, that just totally churned my stomach. But leave it to our community, leave it to people who are smarter than I am to realize how to turn that around. And that's what our story is about today. It comes to us from BuzzFeed. Um, but what's amazing is that a lot of people in the autism community who identify themselves as being neurodivergent have taken to TikTok to like shed some light on what autism is and what it isn't by telling their own stories. Right. This is really, there's some amazing self-advocates out there and uh, individuals on the spectrum that, as you said, have used TikTok 
to sort of tell their journey, to share their journey with others. And it's been kind of an amazing phenomenon. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so we want to direct people, you can go to BuzzFeed. The only thing about this that's kind of chapping my hide a little bit is that the World Health Organization earlier this month came out with a statistic and said that one in 270 people um, have an autism spectrum disorder, that one in 270. I would love to have somebody come on the show to explain where that number came from. Yeah, that's, I've never heard that number before. No, it just came out early in April and we didn't cover it because uh, I wanted to know more about how they arrived at that number. Um, the little bit that I have found out is that the asterisk is that they, they have no way of knowing for lower income families if they, that just like, that number excludes anyone who's from lower income. How brilliant is that? I think that's a horrible statistic. <laughs> Right, like, they're like well, we don't have any way of knowing if it's a lower income family, if they have anybody on the spectrum. So we just assumed they didn't have anybody, which is ridiculous. Um, but uh, other than that, the BuzzFeed article, I think it shows you some really um, great examples of how neurodivergent people are going on saying how I got my diagnosis, when I got my diagnosis, when it means to me. I think it's a really worthwhile thing for people to look at. Did Definitely. you find it? There's a wide variety of individuals on here. Some got their diagnosis as early as two. Others weren't diagnosed until adulthood. So um, interesting journeys. Yes. And, and isn't that great to put all of those out there? Because um, I'm very excited to announce that next Thursday on the show, we're going to be having Dr. Stephen Shore. He is the person who is famous for saying when you've met one person with autism, you've met one person with autism. Right. Um, and, and I think that this really brings that home on TikTok that, you know, you, you can watch one of them and then you watch another one and you go, oh, those are totally different stories. Right. Because they're totally different people. Um, and for a lot of us, maybe it's a dumb moment, but for a lot of people, I don't think it is a dumb moment yet. Um, so really important. Uh, there's also a lot right now in the news, everybody was covering this story that um, there is a new app that is uh, about to be launched that um, soon, that it appears that it is effective in screening toddlers for autism. Yes, and it's, very, it's very easily accessible, this app, which is what's so exciting about this news. And, and what it does is it tracks their eye movement, movements while watching videos, which we know that toddlers will watch a video, and that from watching how the, their eyes track, that it's been very successful at uh, being able to identify which kids will later on um, qualify for an autism spectrum diagnosis. Uh, the thing that I find interesting about this is that uh, a little over a year ago, the National Health Institute um, donated, uh, gave out grants, I believe it was, I want to say $7 million worth of grants right. to um, two organizations that were looking at different ways that they could diagnose earlier. So what I kind of want to say to the universe is, look, when you give money to something, look what happens. And that perhaps we should be looking at other things to donate money to, because we've seen this in the last couple of years. There was, um, there was a big series of grants that were given to look at gut studies 
And now suddenly we're having all these breakthroughs with gut studies. And a big amount of money was given to looking at, is there an easier way to diagnose that's faster and quicker and we can fast track it? And look, an app has come about. So I don't think it's a, I think it's a no brainer, um, but I, I, I really want all of us to be thinking about what do we wanna push organizations to be funneling money into next? Like what are the things that we wish that we had answers to? Good point. Um, so, um, but this app, um, the study was just published in uh, GAMA Pediatrics. Uh, the study came out of Duke University. Right, and, and uh, Dawson was the um, co-author of the study. She used to be with Autism Speaks. She used to be the chief science officer of Autism Speaks. And now yes. she's at the Duke University, Duke Center for Autism and Brain Development, which is a big think tank for autism. And her quote is, we know that babies uh, who have autism pay attention to the environment differently and are not paying as much attention to people. We can track eye gaze patterns in toddlers to assist risk for autism. This is the first time that we've been able to provide this type of assessment using only a smartphone or a tablet. This study served as a proof of concept and we're very encouraged. So um, we'll look forward to a time when everybody will have this app on their um, cell phone and will be able, you know, to, uh, it's not going to be a be all end all, but it's a great screening device. Yes. Um, which well, then that'll be accessible because diagnosing has been an issue um, with so many and this will make hopefully the ability to, to get a diagnosis uh, more accessible to all. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because as the N the H WHO says, we can't count people who are lower income. Broad. I'm sorry. I just can't get over that. Uh, okay. So, and then our last story today um, it, and I want to find out more about the WHO, but that was the first thing that I found out and it made me, you know, throw up in my mouth a little bit. Um, okay, so onward and upward. Our last uh, research today, I found really interesting. And, it, uh, and again, it kind of made me a little cranky uh, because I didn't like the what they derived from it. So um, there's a study that was done that has, they were looking at People who are on the autism spectrum all often have a hard time um, reading other people's emotions and acting on it. And what the study wanted to do was to look at, is it that they're having a hard time reading the emotion or are they having a hard time knowing what to do with that? Uh -huh. So the study did these scans of, first of all, they had already looked at how people's brains work when they are looking at people's faces. So, you know, they, they looked at neuro this is previous studies looked at when neurotypical people look at somebody who's got a very, you know, angry face, what part of the brain lights up when you're looking at a happy face, what part of the brain lights up. We've seen in some studies that when we compare that with folks who are on the spectrum, that that part of the brain doesn't light up or doesn't light up as much. So the study wanted to look at, does the brain light up in the same way? Is it taking in the information in the same way? Um, but is it able to, uh, or is the issue someplace else that we don't know what to do with the information? 
Right. Um, so I thought that was interesting. I thought it was interesting too. And what they found out was that the brains of individuals with autism successfully encode facial emotions. So they are successfully receiving that information. So where does the problem come in, Shannon? So, but see, for me, this, this goes to the fact that this is great news because people have been saying for years that people with autism are not empathetic, that they can't read emotion. And that's all malarkey. Those of us who have kids on the spectrum know this already, but this will tell all the researchers this. But what it tells us is that the social component is, I don't know what to do with it. I see your face. I can identify in my brain that something's going on there, but I don't know what to do with it. That that's the social impairment. And we all have that to some extent. I mean, when was the last time that you were in a room with somebody who was having an emotion, Nancy, and that you thought to yourself, oh, I don't really know what to do. Right. 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 I think we've all felt that at some point. And gosh, if you haven't felt that with COVID, huh, you know, I mean, like it happens um, and it happens across all spectrums, right, to all people. So it's not. I don't think that that's insurmountable. For me, that becomes a teaching thing. And, and there's many different prongs to the teaching. It's teaching people to understand that they're not responsible for other people's emotions. It's that you don't have to feel anxiety when someone is feeling something and that giving you a bag of tools of knowing what you can do. My perfect example is, um, you know, a lot of people don't like the, the show Big Bang Theory um, but I thought it was really interesting that many of the characters I felt were inspired by different aspects of being on the spectrum. Uh, but one of the characters in particular, um, whenever someone would get upset, one of the tools that his mother had put in his backpack when he was little is if someone is showing signs of being upset, he would say, let me make you a cup of tea. Now it became a joke in the show because that's not always appropriate. Mm -hmm. And that's the only tool that he was given by his mother. Someone displays that they're in distress. What I do is make a cup of tea. What we would want to do for, for that individual is give them many different things and teach them that in this circumstance, that's a really helpful thing. But in, you know, when somebody's pinned under a car, you don't offer to make them a, a cup of tea. Right. Um, so I, I did, um, this one quote, Matthew Lerner, um, who was the senior author and associate professor of psychology, psychiatry, and pediatrics um, at Stony Brook University, where they, where they did this study, he said, our findings indicate the latter part of the question appears to be that the more likely explanation for why many autistic in individuals struggle to read facial emotions, particularly now when mask wearing is pervasive and everyone has less facial emotion information available to them on a daily life, it is especially important to understand how, when, and for whom struggles and whom struggles in reading these emotions emerge, and also uh, that we may be misunderstanding the nature of these struggles. I thought it was interesting that he referenced the mask wearing, uh -huh. um, because if they're reading it the same as everybody, then we're all hindered in the same way by the mask. Right. Right. Um, and for me, he was saying, well, I think that the way that people are addressing this isn't useful. Instead of um, worrying about the fact that they aren't recognizing it, that there are programs where, for instance, for Temple Grandin, her mom took pictures of emotion and then taught her this is what the, the labels for them are. 
Um, and I think that that's an important thing that we label it with language. But then the next phase, which I think you and I have been treated to good quality ABA, and so our kids have already had this phase of it, but a lot of people aren't, is what do you do when you see that someone is upset? What do you do? How do you react when you see that someone is smiling? Um, that that is you know, a big component of ABA, of giving those tools to people to know what are what are possible responses, right. not one right. set one. Is that kind of what you took away from it too, Nancy? Yes, that's, that's I think you summed it up very well. Um, that, you know, how do we react once we see that emotion? Yeah, and, and that it doesn't, because a lot of times people on the spectrum, I think what I've observed is that there's anxiety uh-huh. That comes with seeing people. Um, I go, I think back to Romario, our good friend Romario, who cannot be around aggression. Uh-huh. It like he has a flight or fight, you know, not even a fight response. He has a flight response to aggression. Right. And when he sees someone yelling or getting upset, he turns and he runs. It's not that he's not reading it. It's that that is his response because it creates anxiety for him. Which makes me and, wonder whether a lot of um, individuals who elope or wonder have that same reaction, possibly. Yeah, well, and, you know, I mean, I think that these are things that we have to take into consideration. So I love that the study is done and rules out that it's not that our, our um, individuals on the spectrum are hampered in terms of reading the emotion, it's, it's being able to cope with and, and, and respond to it in a way that's meaningful to them. Um, so uh, I'm just catching up on things. Hey, Tammy, Tammy uh, is here and I'm excited that your Nadine is here. Uh, okay, oh, I love, I love that my, my friend Connor knows my name. Uh, Connor, I'm so happy to see you. I'm giving you big hugs. I'm glad that you're getting to the beach this week. Uh, Okay. Sharona says, RBT under supervision on my first case, hoping to attain some great insight on autism and handling aggressive clients. uh, Client is age eight. Thank you. Sharona, I hope that, um, that you're with a really good provider who's giving you lots and lots of mentoring. Um, there, I, I really want to, if you, if you've done your RBT or you're doing it under supervision, I really want to encourage you to go to ibehavioraltraining.com. They're, they're giving free, um, e-learnings right now. Um, so I, I would reach out to them there. There's a whole section on the RBT about dealing with aggressive clients, how to protect yourself how to notice when they're escalating, how to de-escalate, how to protect them so that they're not hurting themselves or somebody else. Uh, all of that's super duper important. There's a whole, I hope you're getting all the, the training on, you know, how not to wear the dangly earrings that I've got on, how you keep your hair back and sometimes in a bun uh, because sometimes there are kiddos that like to pull hair. When somebody does pull hair, how you respond to that, because there's a whole series of things that you do. What you don't do is try to pull their hand away. What you do is pull their hand closer, because if they're pulling hair, that they're getting a re- reward for that. Right. So you hold, right. you hold their hand closer to your head, 
and then you slowly disentangle the fingers. Uh, all kinds of fun stuff like that to be learned. Please go to ibehavioraltraining.com um, because we don't want kiddos. First of all, we don't want you to get hurt. We don't want the kiddos to get hurt. Um, and But also we don't want the kiddos to get the reinforcer. For, right. Hair pulling is kind of fun. I mean, yeah. I hate to tell everybody that, but hair pulling is kind of fun. And if you get the reinforcement of hearing somebody go, ow, then that's good theater. Um, yeah. And we don't yeah. want them to get that reinforcer. It brings right? back a lot of memories for me when my, when my son Wyatt was going through aggressive behaviors and um, really um, difficult practice of not paying attention to the behavior. Um, I remember, you know, going through a lot of struggles with that, trying not to react, staying calm, oh, yeah. don't give the reward for the behavior, which really takes practice. It, it's hard. It is hard. And, and I, you know, there, I know there are a lot of caregivers out there that we, we, ugh, we appreciate your, that you're going to go in and work with our kids and work on these things because it takes the right kind of people. And both you and I, Nancy, have been very vocal about the fact that we got hit. We, you got scratched a lot. Got I got bitten, bitten scratched, kicked. Hit, right. Yeah. And, and it's terrible because, um, People tend to look at our kids and think, oh, you know, first of all, they judge us and think, well, you're not a good parent. And, right. I, and like, I just, I think anybody who would judge a parent who is being hit needs to go, be forced to go through the training that this RBT is going through because you don't get it. It's not our, it's, we are not bad parents. We are the, the best parents on the face of the planet. Um, but it's very hard. It's very, very hard. And it's hard to deal with it. And the intervention is hard, but it's worth it. Really, really worth it. Yeah. And Juice, um, I wanted to know if it would help with the kid hurting a dog. And absolutely. It would have just that as well. Yeah. We had just had a conversation about that. Was it yesterday that we were talking about, you know, um, yes, because we were doing DRA and DRO and talking about uh, an example of sometimes kids hurt dogs. And the reinforcer for it is multi, you know, like it can be the, the attention that they get from the family going, don't hurt the dog. It could be the yelp of the dog. Uh -huh. Like it becomes like they don't understand it. Uh, um, so the dog has a reaction and, and that's attention. Um, and we were talking about how difficult that that can be. I think it's, I think it's rough from a, um, I don't think, I don't think it's easy to do without someone who's trained. No, uh, because I, you can't school the dog. Yeah. I needed all the help I could get when it came to this. And with our family dog, Wyatt would pull the dog's tail and the dog would bite him. And he has a little tiny scar still right here from where Stilton, our Jack Russell Terrier, bit him from having his tail pulled repetitively. So that was but, something that we had to deal with. But there are interventions. I would I would recommend getting experts. Uh, perhaps distancing and only having intense supervision when the child and the dog is around. Uh, but you guys worked it out. Did um, Nancy, I don't remember Stilton. Stilton was gone by the time I knew you. Right. Yeah. We worked it out. Um, he, but he used to have a behavior with Stilton's daughter, BG, because we had a series of Jack Russell Terriers uh, where he would touch her butt. He thought that was hilarious. Oh, and that yeah. was, um, something that we had to break that behavior um so you know these are, these are right 
uh, it's always something. And yes, when sometimes our children learn from the dogs to bite and the biting is a hard thing. I was bit, my arms were black and blue from being bit. Nancy, you said that you've been bit. Yes. Um, but that's an intervention that, um, you know, ABA can help with that intensive ABA. All right, we have to move on to our guest because we've made her wait all this time, the fabulous Kamina Starr. And, uh, you know, I, I know Kamina, I adore Kamina, and yet there are things that I did not know on her bio. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm going to read part of it, or do you want to read it, Nancy? Um, you can go ahead and read it, Shannon. So, uh, and she is going by Kamina Starr. Right. Uh, she has been on our show before as Kamina Ballard Dawkins. She's both of those things. She's a multi-ethnic African-American mother and caregiver to an 18-year-old daughter and a 10-year-old nephew. Uh, she has a twin sister who is her K-Divas bandmate. They perform together. They're brilliant. And, um, and both sisters have a child on the spectrum, which is kind of amazing when you stop and think about it. Uh, and she has a book that is coming out. I'm so impressed. It, it's from Balboa Press and Hay House. When you have a book from Hay House, stop. Right. I mean, that's right. just amazing. The title of the book is Black and Blue, The Inside Job to Healing in Autism Through Self-Care. And it's set for a release, Worldwide Autism Awareness Day 4222. Uh, which we're really excited about. She is also, here's something I did not know about her. She has been appointed, appointed the co-lead of the family and caregiver stakeholder group for the USC OT Chan Division Trust Research Study Project to actively educate families, professionals, first responders, and others to uh, particularly attend to the autistic voices of underrepresented, um, underrepresented and underserved communities and ensure that individuals who have been marginalized due to stigma, social behavior, or verbal abilities are included. Thank you. We need to tell the WHO about that. Um, <laughs> it's on a tear today. Um, so she now has a program that we're going to be talking about uh, in just a minute about self-care for the caregiver. We're so excited about that. And her motto is shine on. And this is a, this is a woman who embodies shine on right. uh, that is that is she shines no matter where she is she's one of those faces I go someplace and I see her there and it's like oh I mean this here so yeah. something I want to hear all about what she recommends for self-care because that's something uh, that as caregivers we all need and tend to neglect absolutely so let's welcome Kamina to the show back yeah, to the show Kamina. look there she is shining you look fabulous, on. madam. <laughs> uh, I, and uh, is that a USC mask? Your your mic is not on. You're no, muted. I can hear you. Can you unmute yourself? We're not hearing you. Is your Traven? Is she muted on your end? We're gonna let Traven help her for a second to get unmuted. I don't know what's going on. I see you. You're not muted on our end, Kamina. Can you look at your settings and see if you are muted on your end? Otherwise, it's going to... Uh, can you see it's in the gear on the bottom right of the where you're seeing... See the gear box? 
the little gear underneath your picture. Can you click on that? And then um, do you, when you talk, are you seeing your the little microphone? Oh, there we go. How about this? It's better. It's a little still a little, a little bit wonky. Can you talk, Tamina? I think you're on headphones. What happens if you? We're still. We heard you for a second, and then we lost you. Do you see where it says audio uh, output? Audio input. Do you see the little green thing moving under the gearbox when you talk? Under audio input. And how about now? Now we have it. Now we I... have it, Tamina. Hello. 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 You look Hello, gorgeous, everyone. madam. I'll start over. I'm representing in multiple colors because I'm I'm blue, but I'm now also a Trojan. So I would like to uh, all of these things and and you have to laugh at life, right? We moms, especially the autism mom, we got to do everything around here. Listen, I got to I had to be my own sound person sometimes, too. So don't worry. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and ladies? listen, when I'm left in charge of explaining to someone how to do their tech uh, during a live show, we know we're in trouble. <laughs> we would never pick me to do that or be in charge of fashion. So in any I, case, you know, you know, I think I, I have an advantage here of being a performer where I try to, you know, but I think I try to get too cute with the like earbud thing. You see, it's too much, but I, we're here and I'm so happy to be on your show. And I'm so happy to have waited all that time because you guys said you ladies are so beautiful. I miss you so much first. Can I just say that? I uh, miss well, you too. I'm so happy to have uh, you here. Yes. I miss you. You know, and 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 Nancy, when Shannon called me yesterday, I was like, Nancy, I haven't <laughs> seen her in years. This show is gonna be awesome. <laughs> I know. Well, we've got a lot of people watching and a lot of USC fans oh, out there writing Ooh. to us. <clears throat> I'm fighting on and shining on now. There you so. go. Fighting on and shining on. I love it. So let's start by talking about the fact that you have a new program that's about self-care. Tell us where people can watch it and, and what kinds of things you're covering, because we don't even know where to start with self-care. Well, I, I want to start, at, if I could, just back you up to say that there's so many things going on. I want to talk about this book first. You've okay, just let's do that. It. Black and Blue. Black and Blue, The Inside Job to Healing and Autism Through Self-Care. And that is my book that's coming out next year. The reason why I wanted to start with that first is because you just left off on something that's very, very important to me. And that was the absolute start of this book. And that was bruises. The reason why the book is called Black and Blue, because I haven't even been asked this question yet, but it's the first time and the best time to explain it while you just said the word bruises is because bruises turn black and blue. And as the colors and why you're healing from the inside. So you can't, you know, you can try to heal a bruise from the outside. You can try to put ice. You can try to pack whatever, you know, uh, to try to do the outside of it, to try to, you know, ointment or anything. But really the blood's got to get moving from the inside again. So that brings me to everything that I'm talking about in my world today about healing yourself from the inside that is my whole point and you all have hit like 
like you ladies here, like I was taking copious notes at the same time, like, wow, that's in the book, that's in the book, that's in the book. Because I heard people say that they had been bruised and hurt by their children. And right. my daughter's 18, but when she was nine, she was in residential. And I talked about this on this sh show before and other shows that it really hurts me to talk about. But you just got me with all of these subjects today that I wanted to admit to everybody, you know, my daughter was in residential from nine to 16. These last two years that we spent, including the year in uh, this pandemic, I was pandemic parenting a child who had just come out of a residential situation, who did not live at home, who was extremely emotionally high strung autism, ADHD. She became that she became violent. She, be, she hit me. I have received, uh, I believe a lot of my spiritual gifts may probably come from the times that I've gotten uh, concussions from life on the spectrum with my child with autism. And although we've healed that, I felt it, you know, and I didn't want to just move on and leave my community with nothing. I felt it my responsibility to come and talk about some of these things. And so thank you for letting me say that. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe that you hit it. I couldn't believe you. The last word you said was bruises before I came on. So thank you for letting me share that. So this That's is amazing. I can't wait have, for this book. Yeah, this is something you have intimate knowledge of, Kamina. So I do. I do. And, and I want to tell you all that it's very uh, difficult for me to share sometimes, too, because I'm still improving. Nothing is perfect. As you can see, I'm probably sporting a new look, if you can tell that <laughs> the self-care comes from, I mean, it's just my story. I, I can only be authentic with what I'm sharing with you from my own story, which also means I gotta take care of myself first. And I skipped the part of my life and was too poor to ever get braces in my life. And I'm an adult and my daughter turned 18 and I wanted to be better for myself. At this point, I'm, I'm still a single mom and I wanted to get back out there and not let anything pandemic tear me down. Like, like, like Shannon said, they, they tried to steal my sparkle, tried to steal my shine, but I had to bring it back, I guess, in the form of these teeth. So life was funny, right? But that's the program. The program is even if you never saw a thing from me, never bought a book, never saw a class which we're gonna be adding e-classes, we're gonna be adding a mom's group, and I'm gonna talk about the study. You can learn that you're a worthwhile person and the better you are as a caregiver, the better your child is. The more your child recovers. I'll say recovery. Autism is a part of them. I like that part. Dr. Stephen Shore is my friend too. I like these people as people. My daughter is awesome. Loving her as a person, I have to love me as a person, and vice versa. And so it really seems like an internal answer. It's like, take care of yourself. But I want to, I'll, I'll let you all get a word in edgewise. I'm just so excited to be on this show. Woo! Now, we Boy, love to hear you preach. You. <laughs> we love to hear you preach. So tell us where we can watch the classes, though, because you're doing yeah. this, is it weekly? We're, we're not quite ready to launch classes. Now, I do have things up on YouTube. You can search Kamina Star on YouTube, and I have my own channel where you can see some of the things that I've been doing at a place that I started out with my show, Healing Self-Care, and that was at the Ed Asner Family Center. That and my friends started something amazing where I have a weekly series where I'm able to talk to parents about being self-care for caregiving, 
caregivers where they can have weekly tips and practical tips to take care of themselves like if you're feeling anxious we feel anxiety a lot in our lives there is a simple method that i have used and have begun to use since all of this has come about especially in the last year for pandemic parenting when people like me get a little jittery i should try it right now i'll show you okay I great my hands and then i just bring them down onto my head and kind of push myself down a little all of my OTs would probably appreciate this practice. This is something natural. You touch yourself. You touch yourself. You can do it for your child if you feel like the child has got a little. It's similar to hugging your animal when they have the zoomies. <laughs> so when, the, when you get those adult zoomies or the alt zoomies, just kind of bring yourself back to center. Just kind of push yourself down. If you want to extend it down and you have sensory issues that go beyond just that, oh, I'm head space, oh my gosh, I'm going nuts. Let's go for the arms. Now, they've called these, my daughter used to call them orange squeezes because she couldn't get, I believe the OTs call them lemon squeezes at the time or something, but she made up orange. And Keena Ballard will do that. She'll make up her own things. Our kids do that. And so that's another grounding tip. And each week I go through these tips for about 30 minutes and we talk about real things like having anxiety from having a child on the spectrum. Oh, uh, we don't know and anything about that, Kanina. <laughs> you hear me talking several miles a minute. If you're not listening fast enough, you wouldn't know, you know. <laughs> listening to me talk is like uh, uh, listening to, uh, it's like water from a, a fire hose, I always say. I love it. Right at you. But the light is really quickly with our children, so you know. It goes quick, but I'm uh, talking about sensory issues. Um, I want I wanted to thank you for t uh, announcing the study. Yeah. So uh, before we leave that, though, are you still doing the weekly thing on the Ed Asner Center? Is that over? I am on hiatus and okay. have decided to relaunch my show on the road in Mexico City at the end of the month. I did. I was okay. trying to hold it. So All right. people will be able to see it. We will be able to you access will, it. You will. You will. Look for Kamina Star on YouTube. I okay. will be streaming it live YouTube and going straight from there. Now, I, I'm I'm not sure if the Facebook audience, but it'll be Facebook, YouTube, and all the major platforms for that. Okay. And and let's chat you and I off because I'll help you to make sure that because we found all, all these things that we know now. But let me oh say gosh, this. That would be amazing. You know, you so I, I'm a big fan of Eliana Van Zant, and Eliana Van Zant is retiring, and and that's giving me give, giving me chest pains. But then I but then I'm reminding no because we have Kamina Star, and I want you to step directly into that space because uh, you have Do that. Do not thing make that, me cry, please, Shannon. Because oh what my did gosh, you just say no. I just saw it so clearly. I was like, oh, I don't have to be panicked about that because we have Kamina, and you and and you have that same energy that i love in her this healing like we're going to be real um we're not going to pretend that the things that are hard aren't there but we're going to heal from from the inside so i i love it you're you're poised Thank right you. now take take her space um <laughs> oprah did you just hear that oprah um she's don't gonna to... make me cry i'm trying not no to no 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 but let's pivot now to the study because I think that but, this but is really wait, important. Shannon, 
taking yeah. that from you, <laughs> girl, is a true compliment. Now, I want to just try to reflect that back on who I'm talking to right now, because you are so incredibly special to me that I've known you all of this time and I'm still able to identify with you and Nancy, you two as moms, I know you're still there and I know you can hear me that you two have been the realest mom since I walked into the, the, the lunch room before my pre-interview to, to nervous, didn't even want to make a cup of coffee. I was so nervous. I was like, no, no, you know, I'm going to be too jittery, too talk, talkative. Oh, Nancy, Shannon, okay. But, but the reason why I, I say that is because it's allowed me to travel all over the world and meet moms just like you all to do this work. That's how I got to the, the Ed Asner Family Center. That's how I got to Autism Speaks. This is how I got to USC. It's how I got to everything from meeting real moms like you all that are also doing something wonderful. So see, that's how it's a mirror. You're also doing something amazing for this community that I wouldn't even have a space to belong to at first if you didn't make up. So, well, on, I, right back at you. Uh, you came into that lunchroom and I think we both had a moment where I know I firmly, within seconds, I was like, this is right. a member of my tribe. We are Absolutely. on a path. This woman you know, keeps it real. You keep it real, Tamina. And I that's try. What, I do try. I try. What to our parents need to hear. You know, they know that not only can you preach it, but you have walked the walk. You have been through it yourself, which means so much. Yeah. And you don't, you don't candy coat it. You tell it like it is. And I, I have so much respect for that. But now let's pivot to the study because this is really important stuff. Tell people what I, I know I'm in support, but I, I still don't know exactly. So tell us. <laughs> okay. So I want to also, before I even say the name, you talked and you ladies spoke today. See, that's why I'm glad I waited so long because you hit on so many reasons why this study is going to be the answer. Number one, what should we put our research dollars to now? We talked, you talked about sensory issues and the developing pragmatic language. You talked about social impairment. Okay. And you know, that being cured by sensory awareness. Now, then we start, you guys have prepped this study. This study is called Trust, Transforming Research Under Sensory Experiences in ASD, Stakeholders Working Together. I call it Trust, and that's probably the only time I'll probably say the long name. <laughs> because that's what we want to do. We, USC has come together with a PCORI-funded study over the next two years that I am the co-lead of the family and caregiver stakeholder group. This is fancy words and fancy things. I like to break it down and say, I'm a Trojan now. I'm so proud of that because I did not go to USC. I have not graduated from this university. I'm not a professor. What I am is a resource employee as a parent who has been it's a blessing to be recognized and this is hired on to influence a group and to help lead a group of family and caregivers to be able to tell their story through what we call narratives. And that's a fancy way of saying storytelling to let us know how your lives are being affected by things like 
sensory disruption, okay? Uh, and, and we would like to know that gets into being in aggression, right? Getting into pragmatic language and most importantly, beyond, even beyond what we mentioned, what you've mentioned in the news, getting to how we can start to heal our own lives from using research knowledge. So I'm here as the seat to keep it real with researchers, to let them know how it affects us on the back end so that it doesn't take 10 years to, for, to get this information to the street so that we can develop real tools like toolkits, which by the one I have one for challenging behaviors. Sounds the young lady in the chat who might want to check that out. Okay. Challenging behaviors, which lead from, which come from sensory issues. And then mm -hmm. how do you heal the home after that? Hey, my child was in residential for those many years. And when she came home, you don't think we had things to work on? We did. And those things weren't cured by anything because there was a pandemic and there was no outside school. There was no outside anything that could shield from any of the hurt, the resentment, the pain and the anxiety she had. But I had, right, because I'm her mother mm -hmm. and I still am going to support her throughout her adulthood and her whole life because I love her. She's my baby. <laughs> so, and she always will be when she turns 26 and she's not a baby. So I'm just stringing the line here to go back to the USC study and say USC has done something that is a momentous thing. Not only are they including me, because this is not all about me, people. It's about our children. Yes. We want us to have a good life when they have a good. They have another, we have four groups, and one is for the clinicians and the practitioners. I've already said the caregivers and the family. We're also going to have community partners, which is places like the community centers would have. But then we have none other than the autistic voice representing themselves. <laughs> nothing for them without them, nothing for us without us. And, and, I just wanted to big up USC. That's the reason why I'm doing it so much because this is like a one of a kind study where all of us are going to come together and collaborate on the future of the adulthood of our children while the CDC is still talking numbers and while we know that they won't, um, they're not going to talk to any children who are low income or of course not. They're never going to count them. How can they? They don't even speak their language. They have no cultural brokers to even get into that community. They're going to keep counting Jewish white males, and then you're going to have a lower number, which puts dollars back towards research. But the research and funding that's going towards childhood, to me, is a bit dismissive of the fact that autism exists after 18, and that's what this study is all about. We're going from pediatric to geriatric to figure out, through sensory issues, what they'll need in their real adult lives. Amazing. Really amazing. I get goosebumps. What a fabulous thing. And I'm so glad that you're a, a leader on this, Kamina, because I, I know I know you have a passion for doing it right. When um, will we be able when we, will we be able to see some of the results of the study, Kamina? Well, so now that's a great question, Nancy. Wow. She's always on it. Look, she caught me. <laughs> yeah. See, well, I love these two. I'm on my toes because you guys are the moms. You ladies are the beautiful ladies that I answer to. And I want to tell you that in one year, within one year, we are going to be having narratives, collective narratives openly in the community. We already have community partners that are going to come in and have these big open discussions with us. Not too open. We're going to do our research first. 
And after this, within two years, we are going to be presenting a national conference where we are going to be looking for national partners, international partners to come in and do the same. Hope we're doing a hybrid model. So it's going to be online. There'll be lots of things that people can attend online. And we also hope to have something in person within two years comparable to anything that would be a national conference of an install or anything else where we're actually getting these stakeholders and everyone together. So within two years, just two short years, when I get these things off, <laughs> <laughs> then I'll be, you know, I, I mean, I'll, I'll be talking very fiercely about what we can do with our kids' adult lives. I don't want to waste 10 years, Nancy. My daughter's 18 now. What are we going to do now? I'm going to get you ladies some answers within the next year and then the next two years. I love that. Yeah. And we, we're running out of time. So I want to pivot to talking about your daughter who's 18 sure. and get an update because you got some pretty exciting things going on right now. I'm so glad that you saved the best for last because nothing's better than a mom flex. <laughs> so is there anything better? I've decided to allow myself to celebrate this time through my daughter, which who wouldn't? She's come out of a foster care system and she was never a foster child, never meant to be there. She's, she's a black young lady who is on her rise to the next plateau in autism. She's an autism, a budding autism advocate. She's even been on my show. She was my first guest on Healing Self Care. Mm. My daughter, go back and check that out on YouTube. My daughter was my first guest. So that should tell you where we're at today. And she's about to graduate from a, a, a private program here in Pasadena. Well, in Pasadena. And she is getting ready to go to PCC and become an artist and move on to do Disney things. So, and I know that everyone says that, you know, and I want them to know that whoever said that, your kid can do it too. And keep saying that because... We joked and laughed and everything about my daughter, but my daughter's a graduate and I, she's, she's graduating on her own terms and she's going to not, she had a choice of not one, but two places that she could go. And there was a third that she immediately dismissed, but she had multiple options. And I know that that just seems like for some people it's not enough, but for me, I'm gleaming and glowing and she's beautiful and wonderful. She's lost 20, 30 pounds. She's, you know, traveling on uh, not super not unsupervised but not without me she's traveling without me this summer people without me the mother how dare she tina made it so that's the update on tina tina made it look okay. how far she's, she's far come she's come so far and i'm sure there was a time you never would have dreamed that this would happen um, Nancy, you, I cried every night and had no clue. Can you I cried every night? And I had no clue. I didn't know when my daughter was coming back home. I cried every night and I had no clue that I would see this day, which is the reason why I said mom flexes are the best. Because when you have done your job of taking care of yourself and making sure that you were cool and calm, you didn't burn down the school district building. Let's, you did not hit, slap, or be aggressive in front of your child with any person of any agency for 18 years you didn't my child made it and and yeah. I, I cried and I didn't know but now that she did whoo 
Amen. You're going to make it. You live. You live after the, the drop-off. You live. So does the book tell us how you did it, Kamina? Exactly the plan, Nancy. <laughs> I would never leave you without the exact answer. No, seriously. Because I'm not writing another book, Nancy. Not like this. We're moving on. <laughs> I just love it. And I love you, Kamina. Uh, where can we direct people to go so that they can see your show when it deb debuts? Do you have a website or, or a Facebook page that you want us to be watching? I'm mostly on Instagram, but I'm Kamina Star on all platforms. You can find me everywhere just by searching Kamina Star, S-T-A-R. And I, I always say shine on. So I felt that it was the best thing to do to just direct you towards everything. If you are on this right now, I'm also all up in Shannon and Nancy's business. So you could like put in the comments in the chat on any of her shows and I would see it there. I would see it on Instagram, on my Instagram accounts. And if you are a mother, I wanna say this. If you are a mom, like us, you see how we have such a connection. I love you and I want you to join us. I don't even know you, I don't have to know you. But if you join me on Instagram, my private page right now, I promise to make it surly worth your while. We are going to do some amazing things as moms to try to give back to ourselves. And that means self-care. That means awesome makeup, awesome giveaways. I'm talking retreats. I'm talking there's going to be some big things. Healing self-care is going to be relaunching in Mexico City at the end of May. And I'm excited to announce that. I'm going to announce it on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. So, yeah, I'm at all those places. Is that good? Thank right? Right. They're saying that they love your comedic timing. Right. So, uh, yes, I, I do too. We're, we're out of time. And so I just want to, I, I, you're making me, I'm now going to have to go and figure out Instagram just for you, Kamina. I'm going to do that because I'm so me old. Too, I Shannon. wasn't doing it. I will right. protect you. It's private. I will protect you. You come to me and I will make sure right. you see something that you want to see and you don't have to be with the creatures in your DMs. All right. I do want to address, and I want to give everybody like 10 seconds. There's a mom who wrote it and said, I broke my foot and my son is having a hard time with it. How can I get him to understand that it's that we've changed his schedule because of the broken foot? So be thinking, I'm going to just say for 10 seconds, because I was raised by a woman who was either in a cast or in a wheelchair or on crutches or had braces almost my entire childhood. And I will tell you what my mother did for us, um, that she made that a game and that we were rewarded by the game. So when she had a cast, she got markers. It was before Sharpies were a thing. And we always got to decorate the new cast. Uh, when you know we got to learn how to use the wheelchair and the crutches, and we got points for, you know, mom needs a knitting needle to scratch down her leg so whoever could find the knitting needle that worked the best got rewards for it. And it became, I thought it was how everybody was raised. And it was my whole childhood, my Amazing. whole childhood and teen years. Um, but that's what my mom did. I know it's harder when you have a kiddo that's on the spectrum, but they still love an adventure. And if we make it something that it's hard and terrible, then that's how they will look at it. Instead of looking at what you can't do, maybe look at what you can do. Great advice, um, great advice. What would you guys like to share quickly? Well, I know you grew up with a trailblazing mom and I think what she showed you is remarkable. And you know, this parent could learn a lot from that. 
good suggestions they're saying. Yeah. Tamina, anything and you want to share? Say, yes, I would say to grab onto what Nancy's saying on the back end, make it not a terrible experience for you. Make it a, something that you can enjoy for yourself so that your child can feel the energy of you also taking care of yourself because really they say they don't pick up emotions. They pick up two emotions. My child would pick up on that and say, mommy's really miserable. So it doesn't matter whether the child's schedule has changed. Mommy's miserable and that's affecting them. So making it fun, reading a book and letting them know that you're here just resting and healing and chilling out. They could sit with you, maybe read together. If there's some things you can do to just talk about how mommy is being resilient and getting through this. And if there's something in their life, if they had to go through this, they have to remember Talk to them like you would a normal friend that you wanted to kind of like chill out and bug off. Start talking to a kid like that, like a regular, you know, and, and just let the anxiety and emotions calm down. Other things that you can do is, you know, social stories. Make it real for them and post a timeline of when you'll be out of that thing and all of that. And try to make it just what you would do for yourself. Just extend it to the child and work it that way. Great. There we go. Great. Amazing. I love both of you ladies and Kamina. I'm so excited for you and I can't love wait to so see much. what comes out of this study and we can't wait for the book. The book uh, we're, we're, exciting. we're at the end of April, but we, we can't wait for next year. Uh, and, and obviously we'll have you back before that, but uh, we got to say goodbye right now. I got to tease what we're having on next week because let me just tell you guys, the month of May is just going to be amazing. On Monday, we have Tom Island, who's going to be here with us talking about some coaching that he's going to be doing over the summer. If you've got a teen or an adult on the spectrum that you would like some in particular coaching about how to be successful, he's got a program for you this summer. We've got uh, our best of Temple Grandin on Tuesday. We have Dr. Doreen Grampiche on Wednesday. On Thursday, we have Dr. Stephen Shore. And next Friday, Nancy and I are welcoming uh, a very interesting robotics company who's going to be talking about a new thing having to do with autism. I can't, you know, I love the whole robotics thing. Right. So I'm really excited about us talking to them next week because it's really innovative, Nancy. You're going to, you're going to get be jazzed by it. So that's, that's next week. But let me just tell you, we, we have a bunch of people on in May that we've never had on before. Lori Unum is going to be joining us in May. Alex Plank is going to be joining us. He's been on a lot before, but uh, we've got some amazing, amazing guests in May. We're really looking forward to what we we're going to, but I'm so glad that we finished April strong with shining on Kamina Stark. So thank you everybody for being thank here. Thank you we'll everybody. See you on thank you, Kamina. Until Monday. Fight on. Shine on. Shine on. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.